Welcome back to Travolta. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering criminal activities. With special guest, Adam Blight. Enjoy the episode. Yes, Jeff. Would you say the experience of watching this movie was a criminal activity? <laughs> it was a criminal activity to make this movie. <laughs> this movie was probably funded by criminal activities. You see that list of executive producers? John Travolta's career after Hairspray has been nothing but criminal activity. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes, to the folks listening at home, this is how we start an episode we don't know how to start. <laughs> <laughs> we watched two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, we watched this movie two weeks ago. So we, have, we have an interesting dynamic this week. Mm-hmm. Stuart and I watched this movie two weeks ago uh, when we were originally planning on recording this. Yeah, There were some delays. And so Stuart and I are very foggy, are a bit foggy on the details of what happened in this movie. It's not necessarily the most memorable. But our special guest, yes, our special guest Adam, welcome to the studio. Thank you, thank you, welcome. <laughs> uh, is very fresh on this movie well, for the last thirty minutes. <laughs> the last thirty, the last <laughs> the 30 <best> part. <laughs> the last thirty. The first thirty minutes are also two weeks ago from you. The, the yeah. last thirty minutes All are right. like almost a separate movie than the first thirty minutes. Or the first first hour. Interesting, interestingly enough, they tie it back. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They bring it all back together. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Um, this movie tries to be a lot of things, and does it? It does not succeed at many of them. At any of them? No. <laughs> no, it does not. Uh, what did Travolta do before this? I don't remember. It's been so long. Life on the line. <laughs> yeah, we're coming right off of the life on. It's the kind line. of a cameo. Yeah. He. It's interesting because like this is one of those movies. Um, and you see it a lot with guys like Travolta or uh, Bruce Willis or John Cusack around this time, where they're basically working on a movie for like one to two days, getting paid a disproportionate amount of the movie's budget, but they're there basically just to like put their face on the poster. Mm-hmm. And he's front and center on the poster. Yeah, he's front and center on the poster for what is probably like the fifth or sixth most important character in this movie. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's the, the name draw for this. He's in that era of like you know his direct to video days, which we've been talking about for a while. But um, where he's work, where he's kind of the guy who you just bring in. He works for one to two days. You pay him a million dollars a day, um, blow a lot of your budget on that. But now you have John Travolta in your movie, and you can sell it to distributors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where he's at in his career, and that's what I interpret his role in this movie being as. You know, because it- he's only ever really at three sets. Yeah. Oh, that, that's right. That's the big way you can tell if they're only if like they only brought them in to work a day or two, because he's only ever jogging in the hotel or in the apartment. Hmm. There's no like alter. There's no like scenes where he's like outside of the car, outside of the car, mm-hmm. or just all like he's not going around to all these other sets. People are coming to him at the hotel. He's in the apartment with them, or he's just jogging around. But most of it was just in that room. Yeah. Almost entirely within the same room. A great example of this is um, my favorite movie ever, Money Plane, uh, which we've talked about before on this show, in which Kelsey Grammer uh, is in it, and you can tell he worked for eight hours one day because he every scene he is sitting in the same chair, <laughs> mostly just talking into a webcam. 
Uh, but they got to put Kelsey Grammer on the poster. That's great, Jeff. Yeah. I love that for you. Yes. Where's your headphones, Jeff? Um, I d- we only have two pairs. We of only headphones. have two pairs of headphones, so whenever uh, so you, we have you guys a guest, are hearing, Jeff doesn't get headphones. Yeah, he's getting the raw it, noise of the inside room. scoop for the listener at home. Uh, whenever we have a guest, I do not have headphones on. Right. So I don't know what the sounds like right I've now. I've always said I've, <laughs> I've always said though many times that we could fix that problem. Stuart could very easily just like cut off my mic right now, and I'd have no idea. You should have let me know. <laughs> Uh, you could hear Adam and Stuart discuss this movie and then hear me de- like silently in the background. <laughs> It'd be really funny. Like, I wonder what that would sound like doing that right now. It's like, Jeff, try saying yeah, something. Yeah, if you start blabbing, we're just going to cut you off. <laughs> yeah. Stuart has the perfect cut me out, and I have no idea. I think he's just adjusting levels. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I didn't realize, like, you know, 64 episodes in, and I've just now started thinking yeah. of that. So the <laughs> acting was was decent for some parts. Adam's trying to bring us back to the movie. <laughs> so I'm, like, <laughs> tying us back into this, because I am, like, totally in awe of the casting here. Because the, the antagonist, yes. the main guy who gets wrapped up in a ball of tape for <laughs> they several tape hours. tape up to a chair. He's he was really actually good. really good, yeah. And the four of them have their moments. Who's that? The actor is, is it Rob Brown? I'm trying to find him on the uh, the cast list here. Didn't uh, he do that no, movie that's... with Tom Hanks? No, it's it's a it's not that guy. I know who you're thinking. Of. Okay, it's Eddie Eddie. Uh, okay, Eddie Gathegi. Mm-hmm. He was. Um, He's in that show for all mankind, which I loved. If you haven't watched it, go watch for all mankind. It's a good show. Uh, I know him mostly for. When he was in, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, Twilight Breaking Dawn is Lawrence. Wait, he's in Twilight Breaking Dawn? Yeah, he's one of the vampires. No. And he was in X-Men First Class's Darwin. Oh, no. He is the dreadlocked vampire. Yeah, he's the dreadlocked vampire in Twilight. Never seen Twilight. And he's also... missing out. (laughs) He's Darwin in X-Men First Class. And um, he's also um, in a movie called... He has the uh, maybe the worst uh, moment in X-Men First Class that is incredibly offensive. When he dies? No, it's like right before he dies. Kevin Bacon's giving this monologue. And he's just like, what they want for mutants is for us all to be. And he's just looking at the crown. He's like, they want us all to live under control or be enslaved. And the camera just looks at the one black character in this whole movie. <laughs> it's, all, it's terrible. It's like, why did you do this? <laughs> This is a superhero movie for children. Why would you do this? Whose decision? Uh, <sighs> oh, my God. But, yeah, um, he is regrettably Darwin in X-Men First Class. Uh, but he's really good in this movie. So I'm terrible with actor names. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be able to, <laughs> to remember the. But I anybody. feel like Dan Stevens, that's the spoiler alert, the Kevin Spacey figure from The Usual Suspects <laughs> in this movie. Yes. I'll, you'll, you'll, I'll get to that in a second of why I made that comparison. But yes. Dan Stevens, um, this I'm, I'm showing Adam, uh, what played the Beast yeah, in good. Beauty of the Beast. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. He's great. He's he was re- the best one. I mean, at the end, yeah, he really pulled it together. I was thinking this whole time, I'm like, Dan Stevens is really annoying me. What's going on here? Like, this guy's a really good actor. What's happening? And then the end happens, yes. and like, it kind of it recontextualizes this whole performance in the mm-hmm. movie. It does. That he's intentionally playing like annoying tech bro. Yeah, and I had the same. Playing I, dumb too. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Like, kind of dumb, kind of wimpy, and I'm like, why is he like playing it off like this? And then yeah, it sort of make contextualizes it all at the end. But yeah, it totally threw me for a loop. Right. I, so props to. I think the um. 
to jump into the context corner a little bit part of the reason that the cast for this kind of works is that this movie is directed by an actor specifically this movie is directed by uh jackie Jackie earl Earl haley Haley, who is in this movie and as as like thug number seven what is he mainly known for like (laughs) because people probably have like let's audience member think of that name jackie earl haley can you picture a face to it no you can't picture a face to it. Scumbag Confederate is like <laughs> his face. Like, uh, how about Freddy Krueger from the 2010 A Nightmare on Elm Street remake? How about Rorschach from the 2009 Watchmen? <laughs> like, he's in Shutter. He's really good in Shutter Island. He is really good in Shutter Island. Uh, he got like, nominated for an Oscar Best Morning for playing, for Little Children. So uh, Christopher Abbott. Christopher Abbott. This guy reminded me so much of Jon Snow. He does look just he looks uh, like, yeah. like, like Jon Snow if he spent before. a few more if he'd like really gone to town on the mutton. I know. Yeah. But yeah, that guy from Watchmen uh is like Darkest Day, Darkest Night, Rorschach. Like that that's the director of this movie. That's that's, that's, that's disrespectful, Jack Early. Like, <laughs> to call him Rorschach from Watch. I mean he is. He is but Rorschach no. from Watchmen. What do you want me to say, Jeff? But, no. but it should also be noted for the context corner that uh this is his one and only movie he's directed. Yes, this is... I don't know if this is a passion project. Um, I can't really find a lot of information. So at the end, it says, For My Sister Meg. Yes. Um, Jackie Earl I'm not H- sure if that was... I'm trying. I'm going to see if I can find a... Uh, to the listener home, this is this is going to be our loosest episode ever. We're, 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 <laughs> we're going to bounce around a lot. Okay. I found a, uh, an article called Jackie Earl Harley Talks Criminal Activities. Something that I uh, should have read before uh, recording this episode. What are you doing, man? <laughs> but no, he um, he's talking about how he actually has directed a lot of commercials before. And so he's always wanted to direct. And this basically was his moment where he was able to jump to directing. He kind of had, you know, a bit of money put aside. He got a lot of producers involved in this movie. The script kind of came to him and he found it necessarily interesting. And so this is, in some ways, a passion project for Jackie Earl Haley, jumping from you know being an actor to being a director of a feature film. And a big way he was able to get the uh, the funding for this comes from the one and only no. John Travolta. <laughs> oh my God! Who is an executive producer for this motion picture, um, as well as one of the actors in it. Well, it kind of makes sense. Jackie was in most of the scenes, actually. Yeah, Jackie appears in this movie um, as a thug, as one of Travolta's thugs. Yeah. And so you kind of get the impression that Travolta's in this. Which, by the way, decent job, I will say. Oh, he's he, good. He plays a good thug in this uh, movie. Sure. That, that was his career for a long time. Was well, he, was he could have been thugs. in Breaking Bad. He, ki- oh. he kind of is doing the Walter White thing. He's got a Breaking Bad vibe. He does kind of have the... Brings the vibe, for sure. Yeah. Uh... But it's his one and only movie. Yes. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy he got to make this. I feel like I've seen him in, in like a shoot him up. Oh, he's in so <laughs> many. He was in London Has Fallen, RoboCop. Uh, he's the type to be in those just terrible made gun movies. The Dark Tower, Alita Battle Angel. You know, okay, I thought I saw that. Yeah, he... um. Yes, <laughs> but uh, Travolta, like, yes, like a Jason yeah. Statham second. Yeah, like a, a the mechanic or yeah, <laughs> yeah, the mechanic yeah. two. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it's one only movie, and 2015 Travolta just comes up is in that Redbox <laughs> era, 
Uh, Dan Stevens, probably one of the other higher respected actors in this movie, is still like up and coming at this point, though. Yeah, this movie is being sold, the poster, on Travolta, Michael Pitt, and Dan Stevens. Which Michael Pitt? Michael Pitt. Michael Pitt. Um, he did all right. He's fine. He's fine in this movie. Is he the um, Kit Harrington knockoff? Or? He, he, uh, he kind of doesn't exist um, as an actor. Um, he's aggravating. He doesn't have a lot of presence, and it's rough that they make him the lead of this. Yeah, but it was the perfect role for him. Mm-hmm. Is he the lead? I would say his character's the lead. That's so weird. I just never like registered him as the lead in this movie. Like I don't, I didn't know who I registered as the lead, which is part of my problem because but he was the aggressor. Yeah, and I always, I always picture like Dan Stevens being the lead, but then like, yeah, part like in the whole second act of the movie, Dan Stevens is like in the back seat, freaking out the whole time, panicking. Mm-hmm. The the big Michael Pitt thing around this time was he was the lead character in the first two seasons of Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. There's like a him and Steve Buscemi double hander, and then like by season three, they're like, we don't need this guy. <laughs> they got rid of him. So but, I'm gonna jump to a scene real quick. Yes. Where- <laughs> Where Michael Pitt starts talking, he gets a text message or a phone call, mm-hmm. and it's his wife that cheated on him. Yes. And I was like, how out of left field is this conversation going? <laughs> so, so, yeah, he's having this whole like side st- He's like losing like, his There's shit someone in the- a chair you're about to shoot, mm-hmm. and they're having a conversation about his... And yeah. they're all trying to console about it. It's like, oh, man, I'm sorry to hear about that, dude. It's like, I, I guess it'll be okay. It's like, there's a dude tied up in the room next <laughs> <Yes>. to you. <laughs> and Eddie loves it. He chimes in. Yeah, he does love it. <laughs> this this movie has so many random plot developments and oh, twists in it. Kind of like our episode today. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like our episode. A lot of plot developments. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember Travolta's hair that much in this movie, but... Do, do you want to do that first, or do you want to jump into the plot? Well, let's... Let's, let's stamp it in the hair ranking and then we can just jump with the plot. Okay. So cue the hair I'm ranking br- music. Oh, God. Bringing up his hair. I'm bringing it up. Okay. Uh, somewhere in there we're going to make a cut and I put in hair ranking music. <laughs> <laughs> For Adam, <laughs> so okay. I just learned recently, folks, that Adam is also another audio engineer. So, yeah, like, let me dis- let me so Stuart, the, song, the thing yeah. is, it depends how we're ranking the hair of this movie. Are we ranking how the hair looks, or are we ranking how much it looks like real hair? No, I, I think I just like okay. So, the context is, corner for the hair ranking. Does he wear a wig? <laughs> he Joe Travolta is basically bald. He is naturally. He's bald at this point. Yeah, Travolta uh, doesn't have natural hair it anymore is, after the two thousand. 10 film from Paris with love. This is one of the most rough wig. Um, yeah. This was a rough one. Uh, Cause like you can very clearly when in the movie itself, you can very clearly see the wig line. Almost a Batman. <laughs> almost. Yeah. It's almost like a Batman. Cow. He's got a little cow go like cow yeah. cape uh, crusader thing going on. Um, okay. Can I see the list, Jeff? I'm just going to make this really quick. Cause it, yeah, it's very rough. It's a uh, rough, it's a rough wig. Um, but yeah, for the context, yeah, from from after from Paris with Love, he pretty much has lost all of his hair and it hasn't grown back yet. So, almost every hair ranking from here on is like a judge of the. It, we might as well call it the wig ranking. <laughs> the this wig point. ranking. Uh, almost at this point. <laughs> here's here's the ranking. Uh, so I think, and I will say though, wigs can look pretty damn good mm-hmm. as we I have think seen. Rock the bald. From 
life on the line biker well, flashback scene. He does eventually commit to rocking being bald. Yeah. Uh, he's inspired. We'll, we'll get to this. We'll um, get to this. But he is inspired by Pitbull to, wow. to fully commit to being. Pitbull encourages Travolta <laughs> to fully go bald, which is maybe the funniest sentence I've ever said in my life. Um, So put this below face off cage yeah. above from Paris with love. He should have been bald in this movie. Below face off, above from Paris. And I'd make the case in the sense that, like, what is Travolta in this movie other than just, like, a pit boss? Like, is Mm -hmm. he anything else in this movie? Like, I really just feel like he he came to to the screen to only serve his purpose as I'm the boss. And I feel like his hair doesn't contribute anything to that at all. And I just feel like they should have just, like, committed to the bit of having him bald, which might have at least given some, like, kingpin-esque... It's a a polyester wig to try and recapture his old look from, like, the 2000s. So he's supposed to be the Italian mob. Yes. Uh, He is supposed to be... He is is apparently the only member of the Italian mob because this movie clearly (laughs) could not afford more uh, supporting cast or background because... It's yeah. just him and Jagger Earl Harley in every scene as yeah. the mob. Because the two thugs look so Italian. <laughs> yeah. Very much. <laughs> very Irish. <laughs> very much so. So, uh, yeah, that's it for the hair ranking. Yeah. I know that's a little boring today, but what, shall we get into the plot? And yeah. boy, is it a collision course. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> How it starts. This this movie starts off on a... What is this? Is this set in Baltimore? That was... Is it Baltimore or Boston? It's a B name. Is it B? Um, Which one, do, do you remember what it was? Do not. I can't. Where remember. was this thing set? Uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Fucking there hell. it is. We're not. It is set in Cleveland. One letter off. Yeah, one letter. <laughs> one letter off. Yeah. Okay. So, There's the Italian mob is in Cleveland, Ohio. Sure. Yeah. Th- this movie establishes that Cleveland is apparently the most criminal place ever. But no, this is this is filmed. Well, in, this movie's filmed in 2014. Ohio as a state is a criminal activity. So uh-huh. when. In 2014, Cleveland was the place to shoot a movie because the tax incentives were so were so great. Right. Uh, if you ever watched the movie, Not Detroit. Detroit was like a few years before that. Okay. That was the height of the Detroit uh, filmmaking uh, boom. After Be- Eight Mile. After Eight Mile. Because <laughs> I remember around 2014, that's the time that Captain America two films in uh, Cleveland and pretends that it's Washington D.C. and it's very funny. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, the tax... Like, you know, there's always the rotating, like, what state's the best one to film in right now? Yeah. Ohio had its moment in the sun, and then I kind of went to North Carolina for a little bit, and then it looped Where's around it to Florida. Now? Georgia? Georgia's the place right now. And New Mexico. Georgia, Georgia, New Mexico, and um, Chicago are kind of like the boom zones right now. You can always track wherever Marvel is filming is where it's cheapest and you can get the best tax incentives. Because they're always kind of going around. Mm-hmm. Filmed Iron Man three in North Carolina, then they went to Cleveland. Surprise! It's not Portland. Yeah, Portland is. They a, don't have any taxes. Yeah, there's no. Uh, there's no good uh, incentives. Up well, there. and then there's Vancouver, and there's no war on Canada. drugs. And Vancouver is one of the is probably one of the bigger yeah. cities, just right above. Because it's all about like yeah, Vancouver's awesome. the the tax refund you can get if you. It's like if you use a certain for a thing like criminal activities, their bit is that. Film in Cleveland, and if you use like fifty percent or more uh, film crew from our city, from Cleveland, you can get thirty percent of your the money you spend in Cleveland back. Mm. So if you spend like five million, or I'm gonna use five million dollars in Cleveland, and you use a crew of fifty or more, or fifty percent or more Cleveland filmmakers, you can get like 
roughly two million of that back. Well, and they're not spending millions on per diem. Yes, <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you don't have to fly all those people in. Yeah. So that's uh that's how that tax incentive thing works, and it's clear this is a movie that basically only gets made because of a tax incentive. Because if they had to spend that full five million or whatever this movie cost, um, probably wouldn't have gotten funded because it's it's not a, a bankable movie. So quick spinoff: Have I told you guys about the Oscars' new uh, requirements? No, no. So I guess you have to. In order, it'll go into effect next year. In order to be nominated for the Oscars, the lead have- character cannot slap someone on stage. <laughs> That's one. Okay. <laughs> and 30 something 30 to 33%, don't quote me on that, but mm. has to be uh either black, mm. Hispanic, uh a woman, part of the LGBTQ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the plot has to be about any four of those mm. to be nominated. Interesting. Huh? Cuz previously like the academy nomination thing was you had to um the rule was the funniest rule is you had to screen for two weeks in LA and New York in a theater, which is why if you ever like see a direct to video movie, but that spontaneously has a theater showing it in LA and New York city, that is the reason why is because they tried to get nominated for the Academy Awards. Right. Yeah. Can it be at any theater? Yeah, it could be any. That's why the Tommy Wiseau's the room had two weeks in LA and New York for the Academy qualifying run. Wow. Didn't get nominated. Did not get nominated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this movie starts off with a person getting hit by a bus. Yes. <laughs> That's a good way to jump right great. into it. Uh, much like me with this movie. Um, I thought it started off great until they got into the car and started talking. Well, I think like, cause he gets the bus collision, which by the way, the bus collision, the bus hit, it's this one dude who looks like he's depressed about something. Yeah. And it's implied that he commits suicide by walking into the live street, getting hit by a bus. Yeah. And they shoot it like a student film yeah. shoot where it's like, okay, we're going to have one camera angle on you. We're going to have this bus like roll up five miles per hour. And then we're going to cut to black and yeah. add in a sound effect of a bus honk. And then it cuts back out and he's just laying on the street dead. And he, yeah, laying on the street dead. And then... Because they clearly couldn't afford the stunt. Like, how could you? (laughs) No, how could you? Uh, And then we cut to a church with the funeral. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's or was it intercut? I think it was intercut. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it's jumping between the church and the guy walking down the street. I wouldn't trust your word for it more because you watch this movie. You watch this movie. (laughs) We never we never see him until the end. Yeah, the guy who jumps in front of the bus. Yeah, like at least at the funeral. Yeah, so we didn't know. We don't know. We don't know his relationship to the group at right, all. Right, right. But that's what brought these four guys together in which we get an introduction to them. And they all have like personality bits that play into their behavior during the funeral because I think it's like the Michael Pitts guy is like texting in the funeral and you know, he's Yeah, the, he's a jackass. He's the jackass of the group. Mm. And then there's Dan Stevens who plays I don't know their name. Uh, he plays the wimpy, nerdy kid of the group, and then yeah. John Snow. Then John, <laughs> John. I'm gonna call him John Snow. He looks <laughs> John so much Snow. like Kit Harrington, but just like uh, after eating a few more bagels, right? <laughs> right. Mutton, or a mo- bit more. Damn, mutton. man, Christopher John Abbott. Snow <laughs> I mean, actually seemed like the asshole in this. Yes, but it, he turned out to be. Christopher Abbott establishes like the former right. asshole who kind of like got normal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Michael Pitts, who plays Zach, by the way, it's Zach. Dan Stevens plays Noah. Is that the, the FBI agent? Uh, Michael Pitt. 
I, I think I, uh, Ross is his name, maybe. Bryce or wait, which one's the FBI agent? The the black guy. Oh, no, the black guy, Rob Brown, who plays Bryce. Yeah, that that's him. Okay, and he and so that's him. And he's he was never an asshole. He was the nice guy. And then there's Christopher Abbott Warren, who was the asshole who got married, had kids, settled down, became a good guy. Uh, Dan Stevens, who plays Noah, who is the nerdy, wimpy kid who got bullied in college. And then there's Michael Pitt, Zach, who's the stock bro, who was always a jackass and is still a jackass. Right. So they start off in the car after the funeral. He says, let's go get some beers. Oh, my God. And (laughs) before we go to the car... The bar they go to yeah. is like it's like a fucking fifties diner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, the, 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 I wanna like this whole movie, something that we can talk about is how you can tell that this was made for a budget. Yeah. And you can see the elements. Oh yeah. This whole movie has the same color palette, roughly. Yeah. It's all like gray. It's very this is a very gray movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're did they get in the car after that, or is the car scene before? No, no, the car scene's before yeah. they go to the bar. My favorite thing, like, one thing that I could tell from the car scene the is, like, well, <laughs> the way they shot the car scene, first off, it's a parked car, obviously, and they're all sitting in, like, the four corners, but, like, the the 180 line isn't protected at all, because they do, like, if you imagine, like, a square grid of four corners, and, like, you're shooting, like, this shot, you'd have, like, your master by the hood of the car, and then you have, like, tight punch in tighter close-ups of each of the four corners of the car. That no, we don't in. even see the vehicle. Well, There's no wide. We don't know where they're at. They could be on right. a stage for all we know. But it's like the camera flips degrees yeah. and directions and it covers them from different sides. Yeah. And It's very confusing. You don't get the space of this at all. Yeah, no, not at all. I, I just remember like from when I looked up, like who is the DP of this project? And I guess this guy has done like some Seamus Tierney. Seamus Tierney. Yeah who i mean what didn't do i mean he did hubie halloween <laughs> Hubie Halloween. and he's done some stuff from you the the, the serial okay. killer series I wanna ro- has anyone seen hubie halloween no i have um <laughs> i have Where's seen you hubie halloween interesting um not surprised that movie has approximately one incredible bit in it and it's um, what's her name? It is, is it a scary Halloween music movie? It's an Adam Sandler Halloween comedy from two th- from twenty nineteen. Um, wow, Ray Liotta is in it, and he's actually really yes. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think. Of, what's the actress's name? Um, she's the older woman from June Squibb. Uh, she's the only one from Nebraska. You know, very accomplished career. Um, but she's in that movie playing Adam Sandler's mom, and at the very beginning of the movie, she's like. I went to the bargain bin. I got a whole thing of t-shirts for like $5. And she's wearing a shirt. And she's wearing a shirt that says like um, boner donor on it. Oh my God. And every time, and every time she appears in the movie, she's just wearing like a terrible, like sexual reference as a, as like just a joke on a t-shirt. Just as I was like, she bought $5 worth of just shitty sex t-shirts. Um, and it's just never acknowledged in the movie. She's just, every time she appears, she's like an 85 year old woman wearing this shirt. I love Halloween movies. <laughs> love I'm going to spin off on Ray Liotta real quick. What? <laughs> We're going to talk about Ray Liotta? I just, right. just for a quick second. Is it me or does he get progressively older in Goodfellas? <laughs> you know, like he ages. Like not, I'm not talking about the younger person. Yes. But like he actually looks like he <laughs> 30 years. Ray Liotta did not age uh, graceful. Like he aged quickly. Oh. 
in his 40s he looks in his 50s <laughs> well i mean but the best ray Liotta movie we can always talk about is the 2007 family masterpiece wild hogs have you seen wild he hogs? was in know. wild hogs wasn't he uh ray Liotta plays a biker uh but he's a real biker so john this is a john travolta movie that we covered like a few months ago yeah but it's john travolta Tim I get confused Ap- with War Dogs. Sorry. Yeah, not War Dogs. Also, did not, not to be confused with Old Hog. Old not dog. Old Dogs. <laughs> not Old Dogs. Not, not War dogs. dogs. Wild Hogs. <laughs> and uh, not Power of the Dog either. Yes, yeah, so um, not Power of the Dog. So, weird movie. Uh, yeah, Wild Hogs, 2007. Disney uh, Touchstone? Yes. It's Touchstone. Yes, it is. Directed by uh, uh, Walt Becker. Walt Becker. Our guy. Uh, who recently just did Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> Wild Hog stars John Travolta, Tim Allen, uh, Martin Lawrence, and William H. Macy. What a cast. As these four <laughs> suburban dads who all, like, on their spare time, they put on these leather jackets and ride motorcycles around Cleveland, Ohio together. Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. This is on the height of his bad boys days. <laughs> and the four of them, because they're each going through like a midlife crisis, particularly Tim Allen is a lead, but John Travolta is also going through it. It's like a co-lead share of John yeah. Travolta with Tim Allen, but Tim Allen's mostly the lead. They go on a, a road trip from Cleveland, Ohio, and they're going all the way to LA, but they make a pit stop at this, uh, Mag, I mean, no, not Maggie's diner, no. but it's, a uh, 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 uh what the name was a fucking bar um come on why can't i get it this right it's just it's just like it's a, a biker, it's a bar, biker in like bar. new mexico and they walk not in, like the diner that these four guys right and to. they walk in and um, uh denny's <laughs> it, inside is like all these real gritty bikers and one of them is like ray liotta and there's Perfect. i mean i just i love the bit like Ray Liotta's laugh that we talked about yeah. a lot. So it's like, burn down the diner. It's the same laugh. It's like, oh my God, they're a bunch of bikers. It's the same laugh that he does all the time. But yeah, Ray Liotta, good at that movie. Mm. Um, I, I'm going to really hit myself for not knowing the name of the bar, but. Yeah. So anyway, right, back, right, okay, we're gonna so back to our we're gonna, conversation we're gonna, in the I'm, vehicle. I'm, this is the fi- I'm for the listener home. I'm reeling like a fishing line. Yeah. I'm bringing us back from Lay Liotta to Hubie Halloween. Uh, bring us back into. Yeah, I just got a Ray criminal Liotta poster, activities. so I'm nerding out on him. Nice. Right he does have a really nice Ray Liotta poster in his. It's a great Goodfellas. Nice montage. Dope. Mm. Uh, so criminal activities. Yes. So they go to this like bar and- that's actually a '50s diner. And they're, and they're talk- knocking back brewskis with the boys. <laughs> with the boys. <laughs> it's like these four guys who, um, hey, like, remember, our time remember when college? we were best friends in college? Oh right. my now God, we're all right. investment brokers. And so let, let's talk about the car scene for a second because this goes on for like 10 minutes. <laughs> it's endless. And because this is going to kind of carry why everything's happening. Yeah. Which I just didn't understand how they mm. could do this all mm. with dialogue. But they talk about. They're all talking about, oh, I'm so broke, whatever, I need money. And um, the FBI guy, Bryce, played by Rob Wait, Brown. we don't know that he's the FBI, yeah. Bryce, yeah, Br- Bryce well, I says, thought, did we know? No, 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 no. We don't know any of their occupations at this point. Well, we know the jackass guy, Michael Pitt, um, is is the stockbroker guy. Because uh, we know that because he's like, because they talk about, yeah, well, it's like, I know from a guy who says we should all invest money 
into this um, investment fund. Right. So stock. basically, they talk about how we. <laughs> it's so like if we're trying we, to get two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, if we can get two hundred thousand dollars and invest into this stock, and it's like a pharmaceutical company. Yeah, we'll make millions. Whatever. We'll make millions from it. And so they can't find two hundred thousand dollars, obviously. And then that's when dweeb comes into play <laughs> he's like i could find it right. and then so we don't even know where he gets yeah. his 200 000 is that when from. we cut the diner yes okay yeah well because then at the end it's like i could find the money they're like oh great ha, ha, ha. they yeah. all laugh and then it fades away yeah. fades, fades to the bar diner fades to the bar diner after they're laughing that's, yeah from and all that's, the different 180 directions yeah. and that's, the that's where and that's from. where they're talking about like their plan yeah and that's yeah. when we figure out why the dweeb is a dweeb Right. Because he got beat up in high school yeah. by all of them, which is weird why he's even going to a bar with them. He is the, the Neville Longbottom of the group, yeah. basically. It's established he was like aggressively bullied by them, but he's still hanging out with them now. Mm, interesting. Yeah, which is um, strange. Like, it makes sense at the end, but like the logic of why they would still have him around, like. Which makes. what What's his name? Uh, the. Which one? The, the Jackass? The Jackass. Jon Snow or the. Black FBI. It agent. makes Jackass seem like so so aloof. Zach. Uh, Jackass is Zach, Zach. Played by Michael Pitt. Who we must also acknowledge when we cut to the church with the funeral, we're also intercutting to him having sex with his uh, fiance in the car. Fiance? Is it? Fi- I think it's yes, fiance because they're getting married. Yeah, in they're six getting months. Ma- his fiance in the car, and they're just like intercutting between that and them in the church. We right. never see the fiance again in this movie outside of photographs yeah. because, uh, and then at the end when like we see her half face. Yes, we see half of her face uh, because we write the best roles for women in Hollywood, don't we? Folks? But we're not going to spoil it yet. <laughs> we won't spoil that. So ending. basically, they get the two hundred grand. Yes. At this diner, and then all of a sudden, it cuts to like it, flash forward. We know. Flash to forward. We, we quickly got to talk about what the scheme is. Well, it's just they 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 get all this money, they invest it. In the scheme stuff. is that there's a company. That um is about to come out with a patent yeah, or something like that. D- Dan Stevens is talking about how there's um or no wait no it's a shady thing. Rob Brown. It's insider the, trading. The uh, FBI guy. The F- the guy who we revealed to be FBI. He gets he, his hip. He has um a scoop that there's a company that's about to come out with this incredible new technology, and their stock is very low right, right. now. But once that comes out, it's going to shoot up. So if they all pull their money together and put it into the um into the stock of this company. When the technology comes out, they'll make millions in dividends. So they think Tesla's being discovered. Yeah, they essentially think they're finding the new Tesla. And or... it plummets. Yes. Yeah, well, this is the flash forward bit. Which, again, okay. to restate, Dan Stevens, Noah, the dweeb, is the one that gets all the money. But for some reason, they're all four in on it. Which makes no sense to me. Right. Why they would agree to that those terms. So the jackass uses the 200 grand. Puts it put all it in, in this pharmaceutical. Then flash and they go forward. Bankrupt. We, we cut to... Uh, nondescript office uh, yeah. <laughs> where Jackass works at. Yes. Uh, Michael is his name? Michael Pitt. The character's name is Zach. Zach. Okay, so Zach is like doing some stock stuff and then he turns around and sees on the TV the name of the pharmaceutical company they invested in and it's like CEO arrested. And they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, so he's like losing oh, their shit. Oh, shit. shit. He starts like slapping his desk and like throwing things around. <laughs> Just starts furiously masturbating. Yeah, he like, like grabs a salami <laughs> and starts like whacking it against the wall. Yeah, Travolta so from, uh, from uh, Lonely Hearts comes in. He's like, hey, what's going on? Eh? <laughs> uh, right. So, so where does Travolta come into play? Because they all of a sudden they're at this bar. 
or at yeah. this this nice fancy the, restaurant. Oh, but no. Th- th- so this was the most pointless part. Was because we, re- we really Zach, remember this movie, folks. Zach walks out of his office, and then the Jack, Jackie Earl Haley and the bald thug guy. These two thugs pick him up. Pick him up. They they put a bag over his head and throw him in a trunk, and then they drop him off in the middle of nowhere and says, "Meet my boss at this hotel at this time tomorrow for that money that you owed him." Right. So and then obviously Travolta had some sort of. Right, uh, connection yeah. with this stock, right? Well, well, it was like, um, but dweeb, dweeb, dweeb was like, <laughs> dweeb borrowed the two hundred grand from from Travolta. from Travolta, yeah, and none of them knew that. Yes, right, none of them knew that's that. That's what it was. Travolta that's where you got gets, the money. but here's my issue. Yes, why do they have to kidnap him to take him from this place of work to the middle of nowhere, just to tell him to be somewhere else by the next day? Right. What was the point in that? Could they have just like pointed a gun at him or something? Be like, hey, sure. Uh, we're very threatening, so be at this place tomorrow. Great. Or they could have kidnapped because him and Josh taken Travolta him to couldn't the... be in any more scenes. Yeah. Right. They could have taken him to the place of <laughs> yeah. meeting him, rather than like they literally just take him to the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's like the the Damon Silos in Chicago, which yeah. is like the number one mob boss. Meet me at this place yeah. at midnight. Everyone meets there. Yeah. Uh, the Damon. Silos. No, they take him to the middle of nowhere, and they're like, "Meet our boss here tomorrow." So they just leave him there. Yeah. So then we cut to that hotel scene with indie in descript. Uh, background yeah. and uh, yeah, fancy hotel. Uh, they have like five background. Yeah. It's like yeah. the probably crew members just walking around. Right. It's a, it's no very way they could have afforded background. It's very funny when you watch a movie like this that's set in like a place like a big hotel or you know like a casino or something. Um, but yeah, they like, did not clearly it was money it was made background. for a certain amount of budget. And so you watch in the back and there's like five guys. Well, around. that's what I was about Which to say. Which I don't understand. Because all like you could have hired 50 background for $2,000. $2,000? Oh, I guess for eight hours, yeah, I it would mean, make sense. But like from what, looking at the camera a- angles, like I don't know how much you thought, Adam, but like it literally does look like 20 people at most. Like 10 people on one side of the world and 10 that, people on the other I don't even side. know if we see the waiter. Yeah. So the thing about uh, this movie is that I don't like the lighting and the color of this movie is like what lighting gray. It's like, I am not here for, I think this movie has decent camera movement and I I really enjoy Travolta. I mean, it's, it's a stereotypical shot that a lot of movies do, but I like how Travolta is introduced in this movie. Because the four guys are there, no like, steady cam work, and they're like, "This guy, this guy's late. What's going on?" And they're like, "This funky." This movie has a very weird score as well. It sounds oh, like a it's like a, so bizarre. It sounds like a David Lynch movie or it's something. So bizarre. <laughs> it's very it's so 2010. Yeah, it's like, but Travolta gets introduced, and there's like this music playing as we just track the back of Travolta's head walking. His wig, and like I think I feel like Jason Statham's just gonna pop out of the corner. The wig actually falls off at one point during this, and he hastily puts it back on they just use that take in the movie but like, no, we're just tracking the back of his head as he walks through this hotel and he walks and he's like gentlemen boys my name is fantastic the name's right. chili palmer yeah <laughs> can you imagine and he's like wait 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 gotta read and but they leave this take in the movie he walks yeah. and he's like, oh shit give me one one more one more one more jackie so travolta is not introduced for like 25 minutes yes this is what this is when he appears so Travolta meets these guys and they're all sitting together and they're like, hey, what? They're all scared. Like, why'd you bring us here? Who are you? It's like, well, let's just say that one of your associates borrowed money from me and I see on the news you guys aren't doing so hot with that money. So I got to ask, like, how are we getting that money back? It's like, 
oh, but uh, well, and they look at Dweeb. They look uh, at Dweeb because no. they have no idea that they <laughs> like that he got this money this guy? from yeah the Italian mom. And it's like we had no idea he invited money from you. That means we're exempt, right? It's like no, no, no. You're all business partners in this. All four of you are on the contract. Which okay, <laughs> why? Uh, and they so, all know about it. So. Yeah. And so they're like, yeah, you guys got to get me $200,000 by this time. I was like, we don't have $200,000, zoinks. <laughs> and right. they're like, okay, well, if you can't get Two, it. It's, it's, um, he wants his $200,000 back plus interest. Plus interest, right. Yes. I don't know what the oh, interest is. Yeah, so, three, so it's three hundred grand. Yeah, three hundred yeah. grand is the decision. And so they're like, we don't have three hundred grand, don't zoinks. Call me, it might be four. And uh, then at that point... Travolta's like, okay, I understand you can't pay me back. So this is what we're going to do. And then Travolta gives them this whole plan how they're going to, how he has a daughter or niece. A niece. That was kidnapped right. by this other gang. And they start putting two, in, it's like, so you're going to kidnap this guy and we're going to hold him for ransom. And then I'm going to pick this guy up and then we'll, that'll exempt you of your debt or whatever. And then they put two and he's like, you borrowed money from the mob? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are you, the way they ask him is so weird. It's like, are you, am I what? It's like, you know, like one of those, oh, am I the mob? He's <laughs> like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's like, you borrowed money from the mob? It's like, I didn't know he was from the mob. Charles gives this good bit at this time about the seven rules of economics. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I wrote it in my great. notes, but I cannot remember what the seven rules are. Well, he lists... I'm sure it's a quote in the IMDb section. The can... IMDb section does not have a quote page. Fucking hell. Because, uh, like, three people saw this movie. Um, so, basically, the... I mean, the Black Panther Party yeah. essentially steals his niece. Yes. He, he tells them that uh, <sighs> there's a, like, a black gang that stole his niece... And they have to kidnap one of their guys and hold him ransom to get Travolta's niece back as right. like a big old switcheroo. Also, what's the name of this hotel that they meet at, Jeff? <sighs> the Royale. Royale. With cheese. In Cleveland, Ohio? In Cleveland, yeah. The I didn't know there were nice hotels Did you just read the, just read the, the, the IMDb yeah. trivia piece that yeah. listed oh, that? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's the Royale with cheese, Pulp Fiction bit. Love that. Yeah. I don't know because we can't get enough pulp bit ever. fiction bits in this fucking movie. Oh my gosh, the Quentin Tarantino car bits are by far the best. His car bits. I mean, even Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood taking the seventeen-year-old to the valley is yeah. just it's oh car perfect. bits. I think yeah. you said carpets. No, I'm, I, and I was like, good upholstery <laughs> in these movies. Am I right? Well, like it's something that this movie tries to do. Yeah. But uh, fail. This is a knockoff Tarantino. That's that's what this is trying to. It's do. A, yeah. It's a it's a Jason Statham mix with Tarantino, Tarantino twist. Yeah. And so they set off on doing that thing. Yes. Is the kidnapping scene like right after that? I don't think it's very long until like they start ki they kidnap this. Yeah, because basically then. Oh they, no, no, it's quick. Yeah. yeah. The, it, like immediately jumps to them doing the worst kidnapping of all time. That somehow in the works. bathroom. Yeah, they get them. They, uh, they go into like this this Denny's essentially that the this guy um, Marquis. Yeah, there's a lot of diners. His name's Marquis, right? Eddie. No, uh, the the guy they kidnap. Travolta's Eddie. Oh, Travolta's Eddie. Okay, I'm looking Wait. it up. Yeah, Marquis. Eddie is the actor as well as mm -hmm. yeah. This is, um, yeah, Marquis. Yes. So they they go to like this Denny's that he's hanging out at, and he goes to the bathroom, and somehow like 
This is like a gang hideout, but they sneak in the back door right. where there's an FBI surveillance van. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because this guy's like, yeah. we're going to find there's out a, later that this guy's actually an undercover. Yeah, we're, we're intercutting between like these four gang members hanging out in this Denny's and um, an FBI surveillance van outside. And then somehow, without either the gang or the FBI noticing, our four heroes sneak in through like the back, back door, door. That's unlocked. Go into the bathroom. Masked. And just with Matt with like ski mask and take and take Marquis. Marquis sits yeah. on the toilet which one bit I did enjoy it's like you violated the most holy sacred like that is my cathedral yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it, there like, were funny parts you like stole me out of my like cathedral basically because yeah this guy's sitting on the toilet gonna take a 10-2 and they literally just like knock on the stall door it's like can't you see a man's busy then they bash in the door and they <laughs> yank this guy out all of a sudden he's wearing underwear yeah, can't show poor guy, head. mid shit, just gets <laughs> <laughs> it's really beaten off the toilet in the bathroom, <laughs> and the guys like beating the shit out of all four of them. Yeah, but they oh, yeah. are able to knock they him. Clearly, out. have no experience. Yeah, but they knock him out with I don't know. He like trips and hits his head or something. Yeah. and they they pull him out it's like the back. a toilet seat. With yeah, her, which I don't know where yeah. they got. But yeah. okay. they like well, you missed the part where Dan Stevens like sneaks over and he unscrews the toilet mm-hmm, seat mm-hmm. carefully in the background. Um. Oh, I thought it's Dan Stevens sneaks under like the stall and ties his shoelaces together. <laughs> Guys, stop it. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny. So anyway, he, this guy gets beat. They take him to this. Yeah. And like the other gang members, rather than like run back and see what's happening to their guy. Yeah, they hear this. They commotion. hear the gunshots. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're just going to post up behind this table. Yeah. He says, I don't want to go in there. Yeah. So they all just hang out behind this table, pointing their guns towards roughly towards the bathroom. But right. the four guys just walk out with their guy. And it's only and what's funny is it's only a shot of a it's a POV yeah. from the bathroom quote of these two guys yeah. with the handheld <laughs> yeah. looking over the bar. That's it. Yeah. That's all you get. And then all of a sudden they're in the yeah. alley. And then the four guys are outside with marquees in their possession. Right. And they throw them in the trunk. Yeah. And then an FBI surveillance man like rips up behind them and they rip out of the the uh, the alley. And then they and the van flips over, which is the one stunt of this so movie. So strange. Why did yeah. that happen? How, how did that happen? <laughs> because it, the movie's trying to say that these guys were driving so fast and to, taking so many tight turns that yeah. this van couldn't keep up, and so it just flipped over by momentum on its right. own. Yeah. But no, like it's just like it's just like, and it wasn't a hard turn. No. It's like it maybe wasn't even a, a left turn. It was a curve. It's not a forty. It's like a seventy degree turn. Yeah. But the, the movie wants like, you to Rrr! think that <laughs> that this chase is so intense that a van flips yeah. over. So now these guys have, have assaulted Man, the FBI. These guys are pros. <laughs> <laughs> right. The FBI is like these are real guys. They kidnapped the uh, like the mob boss's yeah. son or whatever, or his nephew. I don't know. Yeah, so I don't even know how this is how I didn't think this was planned all yeah. along. So <laughs> right. I'm just thinking this is a silly movie. Yeah. And they take this guy to Okay. Okay. They take him to that apartment. To an apartment where we spend pretty much the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one set. Um this apartment is the the John Snow looking ass guy. Warren. Is a realtor. And this is an apartment he's trying to sell. Yeah. Or that's within... He's not even trying to say... It's within his, like, company. Right. Because, like, a big bit of these four guys is that they were all, like, top of their shit in college, but now they're just, like, peons in a system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, yeah, uh, you know, we can't scratch the floor. I'm, this place is still being sold by my company. Um, 
So I think this is the bit where like Mind Mark, you, it looks like an empty warehouse. Yes. It does. Yeah. <laughs> um and and Marquise is like figuring all these guys out. It's like this is pretty much the Ray Liotta scene in Wild Hogs where he like discovers which of the four wild hogs are which guy. It's like and you're probably like like an ortho, like a like like a do- like a doctor or a pe- pediatrician. It's like I wish orthodontist. Oh, close enough. Right. So it it basically goes through uh like all Marquise four of these. Yeah. having a one-on-one conversation with each four. Yeah. yeah. Right. So he's trying to get them to untie him. Yeah. Give him some money and be rid of this whole scheme. There's a bit where they all like decide to get ice cream. This is right. where I, I wrote okay, in my so notes the, at this point. The ice cream bit is actually hilarious. I wrote in my notes at this point. I don't know anyone's names. <laughs> <laughs> I also wrote a quote. I assume it's from Travolta where he I says, I still don't know anyone. He says, name. I'll cut off their heads off and stuff them down your neck. <laughs> I'm assuming Travolta says that. Or is that Jackie Earl Haley? I think that was Travolta over the phone. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was because they have Marquis tied up in this thing and like Marquis is trying to play them all against each other. There's a B plot in this movie where Jackie Earl Haley and the other thug yeah. guy are trying to find somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Am so, I making yeah, that up? They're trying to find what we are led to right. believe is like the connection between like the gang that Marquis was a part of. And see the whole time I thought they were looking for the niece. <laughs> yeah, that that's what that's what the movie wants you to think. Right. Is that they're looking for Marquise's guys so that they can make the exchange, but in reality they're they're pulling a different scheme. Um, so we do cut at one point to Marquise's uncle, who's like the head of this gang, mm-hmm. uh, who's like told that Marquise has been captured. And he like throws like a, a cooking oil, throws a fit, yeah, throws a fit, and he's like, "Let me talk to Travolta or whatever." And at the same time, Travolta is approached by the FBI. It's like, did you have anything to do with this guy being kidnapped? And Troll's like, I don't know nothing, you know? Um, you guys know me. You know I'd help you out. Yeah. Said by a mob boss. Yeah, that I don't the even FBI remember that knows who's a mob boss. Ay, ay, ay. Right, so the ice cream scene. Yeah, the yeah. ice cream bit. Um, they all want food. They're all so hungry. they all want they yeah they're all hungry, which is bizarre that they pick ice cream. Yes, it's very strange. I'm like, let's get ice cream, guys. Okay, so the least filling food of all. Time. None right. of them have money. Yeah, though they find out it's like they're all broke. Right, like so they all decide on which ice cream they want. Like and Marquise, <laughs> like ice cream melts before you finish eating it. Yeah. Like when you and put he's it in gone your, for it so melts long, in your it should mouth. be melted. The bit is like, they're like, we're all so hungry. Let's drink milk. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's, what, that's basically what they're getting. Yeah. 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 So, so Dweeb goes around to all of them, asks them what they want. Yeah, they're getting their flavors. And then he asks Marquise. Yeah. He says, hey, do you want anything? Are you hungry? He takes a chocolate mint or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is funny. I mean, the whole camaraderie thing yeah. with the, the antagonist is kind of good. And Dan Stevens goes back to the ice cream, and he's gone for like seven years. Seven years. <laughs> Comes back, probably melted ice cream. Yeah, it is melted. They're all, they're all like drinking it. Yeah. It's at this point, same time as well. It's like, yeah, they figure out, oh, how is Marquis going to eat this yeah. ice cream? And that's when, is it Dweeb who's feeding him the ice cream? It's like no, smooth. no. It is Jon Snow who okay. feeds him the ice cream. Oh, right. I'm pretty sure John Snow. To the listener, the I hope you are as confused as we are. <laughs> okay, so so in between, <laughs> so in, in between, between Dweeb going to get ice cream, some shit goes down. Yeah. With uh, Bryce is his name. 
The FBI guy? Yeah. Yes. Bryce and Marquise have a little connection. Yes. And he starts saying, hey, I can get you money if you let me untie me, whatever. Yeah. He says, they're going to break in here any second, blah, 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 blah. And so Jackass comes back from wherever the fuck he went. Oh, because he got a text from his PI that is following his fiance is cheating on him. Yeah. And con- so he's, con- yeah. So he's already a little suspicious. Yeah. About he's like, he's like, off edge at this point. He's yeah, like he's losing off his edge shit. on a whole different scenario. Yeah, there, like there's like seven <laughs> B plots going on this time in the so, movie. I was having difficulty following them right. all. And so Jackass comes into the room, sees Marquise isn't in the chair anymore. Yeah. He flips his shit. Yeah. He runs around and then he goes. I don't know why he chooses to go find the bathroom. Yeah. But he opens the bathroom. Marquise is taking a shit and Bryce is gunpoint. Yeah, him. he's got a gun pointed at him. Like we're led to believe like maybe Bryce let him right, out, right, right, but right. it's just like he brought him to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then, yeah. That's when Travolta comes in the equation, I think, right? Well, Travolta is like just constantly on the phone with them. And at one point, they hang up on him. Oh, because. Um, that was a little bit later. We've roughly skipped like roughly 40 minutes. Of this movie. <laughs> but the 40 minutes is <laughs> it's so dry. It's just on. nothing happens. It's ice cream and talks with this Marquise yes. guy. It's all them just... It's Marquise just being like... Where's trying the to... other drug kingpin crime lord guy in the restaurant? bit when what? does that happen what what know. scene is oh this? oh oh i you know, know what you're talking about yeah, okay yeah. so so i think travolta meets up with black panther yeah. party <laughs> yeah well because like the the black drug lord guy gets a call is that his nephew was kidnapped and he like loses his shit yeah and then they get a call they call each other and talk about exchanges or something i don't remember this part but right the next thing I remember is then John Travolta comes in the equation and like talks to them about okay, so you got the guy just hold him for a while. It's like oh, we can't hold him. Blah 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 blah. It's like yes, yeah, because Travolta's like we're trying to locate the niece. Yeah, and we're talking with the commander, or whatever. So then, I'm see, there's on. there's like these this thirty minute window. I, I'm gonna be where honest, I guys. Totally forget. The next thing I remember is on. Travolta shows up at the apartment and then he tells him they have to right. kill Marquise. Well, there's that's the next no, thing. Wait, I so we, I could pick it up. From we gotta talk then. about a very important scene. Okay, the flashback. Is this the with the Isaac? This isn't the college flashback, is it? So we that's no, the end. that's later. So we taught we learn with um. I can't remember which character is it's. Is it Dan Stevens? Um, there's like a flat. One of the characters just starts. Oh, it's Jackie Earl Haley who tells the story. I remember the ear bit. The ear bit. Oh yeah. So Jackie. So the sides. The side plot with Jackie Earl Haley and the other thug, where they're just going around looking for Tyrone. I think his name is. Sure. It's like some stereotypical name like that. He's like, you want to know how I got these scars? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> because this movie is so nuanced and uh, r- real. Yeah. Um, but he explains the story how when he was a kid, uh, his mom used to gamble and get deep with the sharks. No, we had no money for surgeries. <laughs> but no, he, he's telling, he like, he find the, they find the guy, they find one of the guys they're looking for. And they're pointing a gun at the two of them. And the guy just like, with Jack O'Hara, like, in the room with him, just slowly gets up and, like, clambers out the window and runs away. And Jack O'Hara's like, oh, he got away. And I'm like, right. bro, you could have gotten him. Yeah. You just stood there, and he, like, slowly made his way out the window. Yeah. But then the, um, 
They walk into this little room. Yeah, that I don't get a lot of these points. Oh, that that and he, that was the funny bit though, right, Jeff? Because he was like, "All right, kiddo, you got two options here: either you sit down and we'll talk, or you can try to make a run for that yeah. gun and I'll shoot you, or whatever." Right. Yeah. And then and there's so like a three the seconds, and he chooses the window, and, and he's like, "Oh, well, that." It's like, oh, I didn't know there was option number three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the line. Um, but I, they go and they finally find another guy. And it's like this one um, guy tied up to a chair. A separate guy tied up to a chair. Um, I don't and Jack Early comes in. He tells us like this mobster about like this, this story about his childhood. And he's like, when I was a kid, my mom was being abused uh, by my stepdad. Oh, we know it's his mom was a prostitute. And yeah. he walked in on her being beaten up by a guy who like had solicited her. Um, and he was upset, so he grabbed a gun that was hidden in the house and brought it in and held it at the guy. But the guy got the better of him and was going to kill young Jack Earl Haley. But Jack Earl Haley is saved by... Wait, no, I think I'm... I'm it's a downstairs no There's a downstairs this, so neighbor. Well, you forget, he's like trying to cut the kid's ear off. Yes, okay. This is very graphic, by the way. Yes, Because okay. they do show okay. the guy he, slicing here's what's his... Ha- <laughs> let me restructure this. Okay. So here's what's happening. Is that upstairs, young Jack... I'm going to draw a diagram. <laughs> upstairs, young Jack Earl Haley is having his ear cut off by his stepdad. Um, Or no, it's just a robber who's in the house. It's just a robber. Because downstairs, there's this um, young kid named Isaac who walks in on his mom being assaulted by like his stepdad or something. Yeah, and he's the one who gets the shotgun. Yes, and points it at his uh, stepdad or the guy who's soliciting her. Um, meanwhile, Jack Earl is upstairs having his ear cut off by a criminal, <laughs> um, and the kid just so happens to not be able to handle a gun correctly that he angles the shotgun at the ceiling and pulls the trigger and shoots through the fucking floorboards. <laughs> And blows the guy above him sky high, dead. But Jack Hilly now has the scar because why do I not remember any kind of, of cut off? And he looks down. It comes out of left. No, field. and he looks down through the floorboards, <laughs> through this hole in the floor, at this kid below him. And he says, "Hey, my name's Jerry." And the guy, kid down there's like, "I'm Isaac." Cuts back to the present. And Jack Hilly's like, "That was a great story, wasn't it?" And then shoots the guy on the other side of the table. <laughs> the other thug's like. What the fuck you do that for, Jerry? And Jerry's like, meet Isaac. And the guy tied up in the room was the kid who saved him. No. I don't remember that. And then this never has any relevance for the rest of the movie. Right, right, right. I don't remember that part at all. So this movie is basically beginning, end, and then 45 minutes of nothing. In the middle. (laughs) But that happens. Okay, so, so are we then, at the Travolta apartment? You have to shoot. No, him. no, 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 no. Hold on. There's a <laughs> there's a piece beforehand that I I remember because it's raw in my head right now. So Jackass gets a text right and about his wife. And his wife being something. cheated on. This yeah. is when they have their little weird powwow and they all talk about his fiance being cheated on him, including Marquise. And Marquise actually starts being a dick. And starts right. being mean to Jackass. He's like, oh, and yeah. so Jackass brings out a gun. He acts like he's gonna shoot him. Blah blah blah. And so he's triggered, and he says, "He's Marquise says one more thing, and he jumps after him and beats the living shit out of Marquise." Yeah, still alive, just a black eye, whatever. Yeah. And at this point, he gets a call from Travolta. Yes. And he oh, they, they picks find the up, wire. 
Right. right. So they find oh, a so they yeah. find a wire. They stomp it, and they're yeah. trying to figure out. What they the find fuck a wire, wire on Marquise, and it turns out he was the one. He was the reason those FBI guys were outside. Right. Because he's an informant. Yes, he's informing. They on the thought game. it was like this big thing, and then Jackass figures it out that oh maybe he's just like an informant for uh, the FBI, whatever. So I don't know why Travolta calls. Yeah. But Travolta calls and. Jackass, I gotta get his name. What's his name? Zach. 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 So Zach picks up and he says a couple things and he hangs up on it. Yes. <laughs> Travolta. It just cuts to him. I, he's probably jogging still. Yeah, he's like, this is why he's still jogging. He's still jogging. And he says, Oh my god, he just fucking hung up on me. Mm-hmm. Or no, there he's in the car. Cause he says he says to his thug, he says, Hey, we got him. He's on the phone. He says, "Hey, we're we're on our way. We got we got what you need. Whatever. Yeah. Got the niece. I'm assuming ready for the transfer." <laughs> Zach says, "I don't care. You don't make the rules." Hangs up. <laughs> He's like, "The game has changed. Unre- like not relevant at all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he hangs up on him, except for his rage that his fiance cheated on him." Yeah. And so at that point. Then Travolta comes into play. Yes. This yeah. is when Travolta shows up. He's shows like, up at the apartment. You boys hung up on me. Yeah. He's like, oh, I don't need him anymore. Yeah. Right. Okay, like, so, oh, the exchange so this is, is, is the part where it gets a little bit interesting. because There's a lot going on at this Because point Travolta's in here with Marquise beaten up at this point with a wire. Everything's known. So, and Travolta goes, okay, so each of you have to put a bullet in him. Yeah, like, Which I, I thought was hilarious yeah. the way he said it. I mean, each of you has to, you yeah. have to so, kill so, him. So each of you have to shoot him. He's like, why do we and have then, to shoot him? Why can't you shoot him? It's like, because you guys won't talk. It's insurance. Yeah. Yeah, it's insurance. You guys will live with the guilt so you won't talk if you guys put a Right, so Travolta's playing this card of like, yeah. okay, now there's a wire in play. So now I need insurance that you're not going to talk about this. So right? um, yes. then... Who's the first one to try to pull the trigger? Is it Dweeb or so, Zach? So Jackass tries to get Dweeb to shoot him first. Right. And he like chickens out. Bamboozles him, mm-hmm. throws him in a corner, says, I'm gonna shoot you if you don't shoot him. Makes him feel like a complete bitch that they yeah. used to do. Yes. Right. And amidst of all this arguing, John Snow, Snow shoots yeah. him four times, <laughs> four, four times, four three times. Well, shoots it's brutal times. too because it's like he shoots him once and it hits him in the chest, yeah. and <laughs> then he shoots him again. He's like, <laughs> and then yeah, it's, it's not a it's not an automatic pistol. It's yeah, he's like boom, <laughs> boom, yeah, boom. And then the third one hits him in the head and he's dead. Yeah. But then he's right. like, oh, you shot so three times. So there's two times. more shots left. Yeah. You shot him three times. Can we just shoot him one more? It's like, nope, you just got to shoot him once. Yeah. yeah. And then it cuts away. Because <laughs> I think it's like then the, like one of them other picks up a gun and then just cuts away from that. Yeah. Like they all shot him once after that, I guess. I right. So so then Travolta's like, nope, it's not going to cut it. I need each of you to put a bullet in him. So, and it's it's funny how this happens because it's just so abrupt and so quick how they make these decisions. Yeah. Right? Cuz then it's just a then it's a like a basically a drone shot onto Yeah. onto Marquise, dead Marquise. Yeah. And it, you just see bullets going yeah. into him the next 3. So we don't even shoot see who shoots him, but anyway, it was a yeah. weird scene. Yeah. And that, then I think we cut to back at Zach's office because Zach's back in his office for some reason. Yes. And 
we find out like he's looking through oh by the way zach i did the little background check on that guy well this is this is three days later three weeks later yeah. and he's like i did that background check on that guy you wanted me to say and here's what i found and then it's all revealed yes that dan stevens dweeb who plays noah Oh, we missed, like, there's a little bit of dialogue bit where uh, Jon Snow, um, Warren, was, like, talking to Dweeb. He's like, I'm sorry we were so mean to you back in college. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a whole bit so about this. This whole warehouse scene is yeah. basically a sob story yeah. about Dweeb. We were so mean to you. Yeah. And I'm really sorry about that. He's like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then, we, yeah, we get this all reveal thing. This is, this is like, the scene in Usual Suspects when Kevin Spacey stops limping and starts walking yeah. again. It's like, um... Yeah, they, when they realize that who, uh, he is Kaiser Soze, he's is. Kaiser Soze. So then, yeah, it, it starts off with like Dan Stevens making a pact with Bryce, the FBI guy. Uh, he's like, I have this whole scheme because while it's showing this reveal, it's cutting back and forth to this other flashback where Noah Dweeb is tied onto a table at a college party and he's having like beard. Right. Okay. So this is where we get introduced to the, the bus guy, guy. The bus guy. The bus guy. So the yeah. bus guy, <laughs> which I thought Jeff, you would think this is hilarious. Yes. What happens to this? So bus guy comes over, and we see Dan Stevenson on the table tied yeah. to a fully tied nude. to a table. Which, like, if you're at a college party, who in the world would be like? Let's tie <laughs> poor go. tomato sauce on his fucking belly button. <laughs> Let's tie this guy with poor tomato sauce on him. Right. Ah! So, like, what college so are they I going to? Of, I immediately thought of Jeff when I'm like, okay, he's tied up to a chair. What are they going to do to him? <laughs> tomato sauce. <laughs> Like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, let's go! And then a doodle pops up. A, a, a doodle dog. We're bringing the dogs in! <laughs> dog. So the doodle dog, they plop him on his chest, I'm assuming, and he starts eating the yeah. tomato sauce, which is kind of like a correlation to a rat. We're the most badass guys in the world! <laughs> Brother! So this doodle is just it's, munching on his belly. Yeah. And Dan Stevens is like... <laughs> sobbing and weeping. it cuts to each of the guys yeah. that so, are laughing so we have zach jackass laughing zach jackass we have laughing. warren the rob the john snow john laughing we have bus guy who's like the ringleader of he's it he's the all. ringleader pointing the tomato, tomato sauce, sauce. Yeah. and then we have bryce the fbi guy doing like a <laughs> he's like he's the only guy who's like this ain't it this ain't it right 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 the one guy out of this whole college party there's no other like vegan right everyone's just having guys. a good time whatever like this, this person is just uh inhumane person right whatever. and so then while it's cutting back and forth to the scene it's also cutting back and forth to a more earlier uh flashback of, of dan stevens noah who is like planning this whole thing so he's talking to bryce fbi gets like hey you're gonna like make them all think that this pharmaceutical guy is yeah. like the guy to invest in and then he talked then it cuts to the diner, another diner scene with Travolta no, talking to somebody no, who we don't we get see. Dan, no, it's Dan Steve. It's a P, direct POV. Dan Stevens is looking at the camera. Oh, and right. He's just laying out his plan, his <laughs> yes, scheme. Yes. <laughs> it's like a camcorder. Yeah, it's of... like we're it's like we're cutting between this flashback of him being like ah with this and Dan Stevenson eating. with a full beard, mind you, yeah. looks he's totally a, like he's a full beard and like a, like a vet cap on. Yeah. So it's a it's like a hat that says like I killed fifty like Iraqis or something like that like some ridiculous it's like so, some ridiculous Chris Kyle hat yeah. so but like um, to to just talk about this for a second 
the, the way yeah. they shot this yeah. was supposed to make the audience feel like a Dan, Dan Stevenson's like, oh my God, fuck all of them. Yeah. Dan Stevens. But I'm laughing. It's this so whole funny. Because like, like, they, they decide Dan Stevens is like this badass veteran. Um, that comes back and gets vengeance. And like he's dressed up friend. like... The reason I said that thing about like the hat is like he's so over the top dressed like a veteran. It's like all fatigues. A hat that says like twenty first airborne. Right. Here's all the people I shot. And um, besides the hat, we only get one like two minute scene of yeah. them of him and Bryce throwing darts. Yeah. Talking about how they were. In and the he's like talking to the camera and he's like, So here's my scheme. Yeah, yeah. And after he <laughs> his his yeah. scheme, mind you, is he pushes the guy at the beginning in front of the bus. Right, right. To kill him. To get, to all, kill him. Four to get all four of them to go to the funeral. So the dead guy in the beginning is Dan's yes. fault. Yes. His He pushes him both as revenge for the, the tomato incident. Um, but <laughs> also to kind of create this whole plot. But as a way to get the four guys at the funeral together. Right. So we can lay in a scheme. Which is he's going to tell them that he's putting money into this brokerage firm or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. When secretly Tesla. it's all a ploy for him to make money by working with Travolta. Um, yeah, somehow Travolta makes okay. money on so, this so, deal. So, so he lays out I, his plan and he's like, are you in? And turns around, Travolta's at the table with him. <laughs> so I thought they were like in an interview room. Like, that's just room. a fantastic plan. I thought he was like in an interview room, yeah. you know, yeah. getting some some great well, coverage did, of... didn't you know that John Travolta's eyes are camcorders yeah that's direct POV exactly. of him if you turn around Travolta's eyes are just two cameras and so plot twist Dan Stevenson uh, Travolta's his uncle yeah he's right. his uncle <laughs> his uncle so that's why I'm reaching out to you Uncle Eddie or yeah. whatever the fuck Uncle Eddie yes and uh, then it's also there's a side reveal where um, as Zach is like checking the text messages and you see, like, he's like, my fiance is being is cheated on me. It cuts to when Dan left to get the ice cream. Right. But it, there's like, there's like a traffic cam screenshot yeah. of him. No, it's a pictures of the PI. From a the picture PI. of the PI who, because it's the PI who yeah. visits me off at the end of the movie. He delivers him the photos, and it shows like of the the POV of the of the investigation camera, and it shows and just, his wife with. Dan Stevens, yeah, right. eating the so ice he's cream, out, eating he's the out ice cream for seven hours, banging his wife, <laughs> his wife, and, eating ice cream and then coming back. And he sent when he gets fired from the brokerage firm or whatever happens yeah. there, he gets an envelope as well. Yeah, and this is all the stills yeah. of them <laughs> hooking up in their car. And it's like this and then is it the comes most to underneath the like an underpass, yeah, where Dan Stevens pulls up, and who comes out with them? But like the girl, the fiance, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and then they turn around. The and scheme it's, is like eight layers deep. And so he pushes one guy in front of a bus, starts scheming against Zach by sleeping with his fiance, while also playing the scheme to get him fired from his job and under investigation from the FBI. What it, happens to Warren in all of this? All right, so yeah, so we'd never no, see Jon Snow again. No, no we so. do. We see him because it's established he had alcohol and drug problems, and he got off them and got mentally better. And the end of the movie is that his oh, scheme to get back right. at him is he got him hooked on drugs again. <laughs> 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 because he made him kill Marquise, so now he's depressed and he's doing drugs again. Right. Oh, my God. His Meanwhile, scheme, jackass Zach is doing cocaine yeah, throughout the whole movie. His, his, this whole pitch, Dan Stevens' whole revenge pitches, I'm going to push one in front of a bus. I'm going to get one of them fired and sleep with his fiance. I'm going to make one of them so depressed he re he relapses. <laughs> and then me and Bryce are going to make out with my uncle John Travolta. Right, well, so I feel like Jon Snow is kind of getting the better edge of all this. <laughs> I mean, in regards to, like, terrible things. Yeah. Well, because then, yeah, then there's that underneath El Pass thing where, yeah, that it 
Dan Stevens' car pulls up, and his fiance or the the other Zach's fiance is in there with him. And then another car pulls up behind, and it's John Travolta and Jackie Earl Haley the Thug. And they do this like handoff with the money. Yeah. Which how do they make money on this deal? Because they lost two hundred thousand dollars, and like they had to somehow come up with three hundred thousand okay, dollars. Well, again. So this is where I think Black Panther Party comes in. Yeah, play. they they get money from them because they they so so we're missing a part here where they reveal that where Mark, the FBI yeah. agent Bryce made him an informant. Right. So th- so he put the wire on him intentionally because Bryson's on the is in on this too. And so so he puts the wire on him thinking that Black Panther Party thinks that he's an informant and is fucking him over. Yes. So I th- I'm pretty sure Marquise's dad gives him the money. Yes, because he's like thank you for finding out that y- and he was an informant, informant and killing yeah, my yeah, informant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's this money for yes. you. Yeah. And he gives it to Stan Stevens, who then go under the L pass, like gives that money to Travolta, and they split it up. And Travolta's like, "Man, you're really good at this. You should come work for me." <laughs> okay, like, yeah. Oh, so, th- nah. so this is when, but they do that when he's back home, right? So Dan's Dan's back home at this point. He gets out of his car with all this money, and he gives it to his uncle Eddie. Yeah, whatever. But we don't ever see where Bryce gets the money. No, <laughs> we don't see if Bryce got <laughs> like, the money. Like FBI agent just. Because it, but it, it's implied that he gets a third. Yeah. Dan Stevenson gets a third, and Jafolta gets a third. Yeah. How much money do they get? I don't know. Like, was it enough to cover the two hundred thousand dollars? Apparently. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a good amount of money. I mean, it's a bag. It's a bag full. Duffel yeah. bag full. Yeah. Each of them get a duffel bag full. Yeah. Just so, crazy. So yeah, and then Travolta's like, "You should come work for me." It's like, "Oh no, I'm out of the business. This is a one and done thing for me, Uncle Eddie." Right, so so this movie, so this movie basically, the movie's over. This tries to be like a, a mysterious like. It's a Tarantino usual suspects. Yeah, like like, and then there's a big plot twist at the end. But the plot twist is like eight stories. It's like eight layer. It's like basic again. It's so it's so far. It's like every time you think they try to they throw another twist and they try to reel it in in like five minutes. Yes, and it just does not work. It's just funny. It's just (laughs) so funny because yeah. Then Dan Stevens has the full beard and like the I'm I'm like the Chris Kyle like guy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck did this come from? So. That's that's the movie. That's criminal activities. That is criminal activities. Is that the end? That's, that's the, the end. That's the huh. end of the movie. Dan Stevens makes off like a bandit. Um, yeah. And that's, that's And so yeah, then we see Dan Stevenson with his wife and they're locking hands in the car, which I think was a weird, bizarre way to end the movie. Yes. So 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 this is super two thousand ten in terms of like, I'm gonna take your woman. Yeah. And yeah, right off in the sunset with yeah, basically five hundred grand. She serves no other purpose in this movie. Yeah, absolutely none. Yeah, women have great roles. This passes the Bechdel test. <laughs> this passes in uh, flying colors. Yeah, but the last thirty minutes are actually hilarious. They're so funny. It's very. Funny. It's all so funny. Uh, Jeff, is there any post text to this movie? Um, so this movie comes out. Um, yeah, it's about the post text. Is there yeah. a budget and how much it made? I can find. Um, so do you want to know how little this movie was like followed by anyone? How much? The release section on Wikipedia is one sentence. And here's what it says. The film was acquired by Image Entertainment for a planned fall 2015 release in the US and UK. No one has updated this Wikipedia since before the movie came out. <laughs> oh my God. To say, hey, it came out. It still says it is planned to come out this fall. No. Uh, on... On IMDb, 
it says the box office its budget was seven million estimated and it grossed worldwide 171,000. Wow. So, and it's divided by wait, countries wait, too. We, we're doing the math here. We're going to do the math because give, give, is it seven million. I put five dollars into that. So you said seven million. Seven million budget estimated. Which mm-hmm. let's be honest, like three of that went to Travolta yeah. for those. Three so days how much before. did it make? Uh, total gross. One hundred seventy-one thousand. One hundred seventy-one thousand divided by seven million. Um, so this movie made two. Okay. This movie made two percent of its budget. Yeah, yeah. I get like because you know I need to be. You can split it up by countries too, and I guess it made one hundred and two thousand in the United Arab Emirates, and then sixty-two in Germany and six thousand in Portugal. That's all it says. It's rough. That's pretty rough. Um, I mean. Did this movie do anything for DVD sales? Like, I mean, I, between you, me, and Adam, we gave this thing like $10. We gave this movie $12 in rentals. Yeah. So we're slowly but surely making its money back. Uh, Yeah. Jesus Christ. This movie does nothing for anybody involved. Yes. There's nothing for Travolta. There's nothing for Dan Stevens. Uh, it has a 48% Rotten Tomato. That's high. I mean, I would give it a 30. Yeah, this is roughly a 30. Definitely a 30. In regards to Travolta, like, like you said, this is not. We're at this point where these movies aren't doing anything for him. No. He's just in them and no one sees them. Um. So, yeah. I yeah, mean, that, I mean, that's basically criminal activities. Yeah. Uh, Adam just went to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Stuart, do you have any final thoughts on this movie? Well, well I don't want to get final thoughts where our boy's 10 1, man. Oh, he's coming. I was. Oh, that he's was coming back. Uh, he's that coming. Was he's coming. Fast. That was fast, Adam. Uh, I have a few more things to add. Uh, <laughs> he's, got, he's got some thoughts. Hold on. Yeah, While you pull that up, I want to read the Hollywood thoughts. Reporter Criminal Activities Review. So, okay. So, basically, this movie is a mix between Crank <laughs> and Hateful Eight. Wow. <laughs> Trying to be so aggressive and so suspenseful at the same time. Okay, can we talk about... And also bring some humor into it, which it does not. Okay, really. I just want to read the first paragraph of the Hollywood Reporter review of this movie. Uh, the presence of John Travolta isn't the only element reminiscent of Quentin Tarantino and actor Jackie Earl Haley's directorial debut. Featuring self-consciously quirky dialogue, is it self-conscious? <laughs> uh, digressive subplots and flashbacks and a twisty ending so complex it makes the usual suspects seem straightforward. Criminal Activities is practically criminal in its derivativeness. <laughs> Rough. Yeah, Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> That'll do it, too. I mean, when you're making a mob movie set in Cleveland, Ohio, you're going to have some problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one other sentence in this review. The bottom line Quentin Tarantino called, he wants his ideas back. <laughs> Damn. Got him. All right. So, uh, yeah, final thoughts. What are we ranking? Uh... I gave this. I'm gonna give this a three out of ten. I'll give this like a four, a four point five. I'll go four point five. Yeah. Jesus Christ, guys! <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, it's kind of funny. Maybe, it's got humor points. Say, where like, I'm like, it's kind. It's well. I like the camera work in this movie. I don't like the lighting. Maybe I'll give it four. But it's 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 the the small bits where I'm not trying. Like I don't think they're trying to be funny. Yeah, but it's hilarious. It's so like the dialogue is god-awful atrocious the, the so their scheme is yeah. the funniest thing and their sympathy time. as actors is atrocious but the, i actually did give this thing a review on i mean like i would rather watch 
Life on the Line than this movie. And Life on the Line, I would say, Snow, is worse. Jon Snow tries, tries to be like this fluffer, and he's he's trying to just be all sympathetic. Right. And he wants to be the nice guy in this whole movie. My letterbox review for this movie when I watched it 12 days ago was utterly boring and maybe the most poorly lit movie I've ever seen, but it does have a twist ending so preposterous it almost fully won me back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I would say I would rather watch Life on the Line than this movie just because at least Life on the Line was so terrible that it was kind of Life on the Line was our kind of movie it we got our kind we of. got riled up on we that got one. riled i'd up. rather watch rush hour for the 108th <laughs> time honestly yeah uh those are my final thoughts basically yeah I, I same thing basically yeah adam so if you don't want if you want to see travolta don't watch this movie yeah he's not in that much he's not in it he is front and center on the poster though which is very funny one thing i was gonna say which might have made this travolta thing better which was never reveal Eddie in this movie until that final reveal yeah. cameo. Only show him from behind. Like, uh, like Marcellus uses, Wallace in yeah, Pulp Fiction. Like where you uses, only ever see right. the back of his yes, head. That's like yes. the final thing. The, and, and like the and final. he should have re- gave him the money at that table. Yeah. Opposed to in the car. Exactly. And it, and it should have been just like, like throughout the movie, this guy that the four stooges are dealing with, like, but they don't see his face. They just see like. Oh, they hear a voice and you know we can tell it's Travolta's voice but still and then at the very end it's like and that's my plan are you in Uncle Eddie cut to Travolta the very end like at least then it would have yeah. made like you know the the savoriness of like we know we're gonna get Travolta in this movie but or, when? or 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 John should have we should have <laughs> his cameo should have brought up right when he enters the apartment uh, fucking John Travolta <laughs> is the Italian mob. <laughs> that would have been pretty badass too. I don't know. There's so many better uses for John Travolta and this movie just wasted all of them. <laughs> it sucks because he could have made this movie way better if he mm. was in it more. Because there were bits at the at, like at the end when he said, all right, you four put a bullet in yeah. him. I was laughing my ass. Because I don't know why. It was Travolta's a- energy at this point in his career is, so, is like over oh, yeah. the top hysterical, ridiculous that you know this and this movie is very much leans into that by accident he would have had the perfect energy for like just being in the room i don't even know being in the room he should have been the guy who was tied up travolta he should have been the guy who somehow, somehow that should have worked out <laughs> and he could have just been like boys come on i'll give you money and just like said crazy shit right if, if it was the other way around and marquise was after him it would have been a lot better yeah <laughs> all right well, that was criminal activities. <laughs> that was great. I think Travolta needs a supporting cast. He needs a. Uh, he needs something. He needs Samuel. Did anyone see him he at the Samuel Os- Jackson? Did anyone see him at the Oscars last week? No. Uh, so he he was at the Oscars. Why? Why was he there? He uh, presented. I can't remember. Was it Best Director? Um, he, Sam Jackson, and Uma Thurman presented um, an award together, and like this was right after the slap, like the uh, like the Will Smith slap. The Oscars were crazy at this point already and i just saw a tweet that was like right before they're like coming up john travolta uh sam jackson and with him present the award for whatever it was and this tweet was just like ah yes exactly what we needed to calm this uh this this insane show down john travolta <laughs> <laughs> and he came out he's like doing the ro- he's doing the dance from oh, pulp fiction no. up on the stage <laughs> he looks like a robot <laughs> Damn. You know, they're going to, when John Travolta, I hate to say it, when he goes, they're going to have like holographic performances of him doing yeah. that dance. 20 <laughs> it's gonna years be that after and Saturday he Night dies. Fever. 
And Saturday Night Fever. Sir, yeah. Remember Saturday Night Fever? Remember oh, we covered like really good movies. Oh man, I missed that. We covered great movies like a year. How and many half do ago. you guys have left? Thirteen. It's Fuck. well, it's not, it's not even movies. Thir- movie well, after this, it's one, two, three, nine. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, we have nine movies. Probably just eight. Probably just. Eight. I don't think Paradise City is coming out in time. We will cover it, folks. We will come back and cover it. But in regards to the current era, I don't think it's going to make it. So are we keeping the next actor a secret? <laughs> We've kind of hinted at. We'll talk. We'll talk yeah. about more in the finale. Just let's say, like you the know, show will not be ending. The show will not be ending, and let's just say that the death of this podcast is only the beginning of another. Yeah, it's a spinoff. We will. That you know that we 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 are going to try to bring an actor back from the dead. Yeah. you might say you're going to be on the wrong side of the river. You're going to be on the wrong side of the river, and it, the it'll jungle. be it'll be a jungle in the jungle. Yeah, and and it'll be Dudley Do Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, shit! I hope I can come back. You, you if you want to come back, you'll you'll you, you are welcome to. You have a spot, Adam. Because Stuart, we talk. We start out talking about some real things that don't exist. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> the next show kind of has the inverse trajectory of this one. Is does it? It kind of starts out with a lot of things that don't exist, then gets into things that exist, and then goes back. This into one starts things. very hot with things that exist, and yeah. then got into things that didn't exist. Yeah. This is, yeah. Okay. Well, Jeff. Yeah. I think it's about that time, man. It's about that time. Wow. Well, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode of Travolting on Criminal Activities. Make sure to tune in next week for our episode on In a Valley of Violence, where we'll be joined by returning guest Cole Bradley from the- Get Violent. From the two and a half hour uh, epic, uh, Taking a Pelham 123 episode. Uh, (laughs) And as always, please make, please remember to, it's a great movie. Taking a Pelham, what a good movie. Um, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at TravoltingPod. Uh, you can go pop into our Reddit, r slash Travolting. You can email us TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. Uh, find me on Instagram at StuartOmer85. Adam, anything you want to plug? No, sir. <laughs> no plugs M-I-A. for him. <laughs> Nay. Um, Not yet. Not yet. I am doing an album review podcast. All right. Coming out soon. So tune into that when uh, it comes out. We'll uh, maybe throw a link in the description here. There you go. Um, if it's out in time. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. And thanks, as always, to Michael Van Bodegum Smith for the theme music that's taking you out. Rebecca Johnson for the graphic design that you're probably staring at now as you get ready to turn off this episode. Thanks, folks, for a great week. See you next month. <laughs>